on another episode of the Soothing Semantics Podcast. I am your host, Rafi Pinsky. Make sure to subscribe, smash the like button, leave your comments. And today we have Rich Cooper, who many of you following my channel may know, whoever is involved in anything red pill related, definitely would be familiar with Rich. He has quite a sizable YouTube channel. He has more than one YouTube channel. He has Rich Cooper clips. He has entrepreneurs and cars. Am I am I missing any channel? Uh, Unplugged Alpha podcast. Those are the Unplugged main ones. Unplugged Alpha podcast. Yeah. Um, and then I'm already, there's just so many things you do, man. Hold on, I'm sorry. Uh, and then in terms of in terms of uh, he has he has a website. He has the Unplugged Alpha. There's two editions. There's the first and second edition highly highly suggest you read it i have to go read it i'm going to be perfectly honest i have to go read it myself but i just went through the 21 red flags and they're awesome they're very very important for anyone looking to date so thank you for coming on this is the second time you've come on unfortunately youtube decided to uh have some fun with the first video so thank you for, for no being problem man we'll stay away from the things that created problems last time <laughs> right okay so Last time we we kind of went through red flags a little bit, but you know some of these things may be triggering to some of my listeners, and to that I say too fucking bad. That's kind of what I said on on the last last uh, episode we did. So going into a couple of the flags, I know that one of them is definitely the uh, the parental challenges that some women have, right? Some they either have daddy issues or mommy issues, so. Sure. Go into go into a little bit as to why that's so troubling for someone for a guy looking at date somebody with those issues. Well, it's it starts with a premise. I think that you're a strong, virtuous leader of a man, right? Because if you're some plugged in beta male that's just like you know goes with what the uh, cultural narratives happen to be at that time, um, none of these things are going to make a difference for you. know, if we're being honest, this is for guys that don't want to invite chaos or chaotic women into their life. Uh, because they lead and they have the capacity to choose. Uh, you know, let's be honest, a lot of guys don't have the capacity to choose. And the first girl that touches her PP, they want to, you know, get husband and wife things going on. So um, you can't have a relationship with any of these women that have any of these red flags that I talk about in this list. And by the way, you can get this list for free by opting into my email uh, list if you go to my website at richcooper.ca. Um, but these are the things that popped up the most often. I think I put daddy issues at the top simply because it's just, it's not good. I mean, if you're a strong, virtuous, masculine type of guy, you're a leader, you're putting a dent in the universe, you know how to make bank, you're captivating, you're influential, you're not a boring guy, you've got a good social network. The last thing you want to do is deal with a woman that doesn't respect uh, a man. I think the strongest influence in a woman's life is her father and the sort of role that he plays in the world view that she uses to assess the world is incredibly important um i would uh recommend all guys contemplating a woman on a long-term basis uh be comfortable in the sense where they would sit down and just hang out with their girl's dad for hours and have a conversation about anything and be totally fine and comfortable that's a good sign a woman that didn't have a father around the first thing they always say well how is that my fault maybe that's true it could have been um he was a loser and he ran off it could have been um you know mom pushed him out of the household uh and he and it was just intolerable and he just decided to stay out of the way uh either way 
it potentially may not be her fault, but it would be her fault if she carried the baggage into perpetuity. You know, a lot of women will just um, want to carry the victim card and want to be like, oh, poor me. Um, I'm this poor victim. Things aren't fair. And that's one of the red flags, you know, by the way, is, you know, women with a victim mindset. Um, so being able to work on any deficiencies that they have personality wise or baggage wise, I think is incredibly important, but it's pretty common now. I think most guys understand that women that don't have a good relationship with their father, uh, tend to have daddy issues. They tend to have, uh, BPD, uh, borderline personality disorder. Um, they tend to have abandonment issues. Often they'll act out in ways, uh, with men in relationships that will ensure abandonment, um, just because of their behavior and the way they behave. So, yeah, sure. You know, you can have a relationship with one of these gals, but it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be uh, comfortable. She won't be a compliment to your life. It'll be difficult. It'll be more difficult than a woman that doesn't have daddy issues that has a good relationship with her dad. For sure. <laughs> Definitely. It's just, I, I think when you, and you brought it up, someone who say the mother kicked the father out of the house, maybe he was an alcoholic or he just yeah. wasn't a good parent. Maybe he was abusive. So a, a, an obvious response to that from women who might have had this growing up is they would say, okay, well, this wasn't exactly my fault. What would you say to them if a woman came to you, came on your show, Rich, and said, hey, I, you know, I grew up with a father that just really wasn't good to any, to, to me nor my siblings. Does that mean I don't deserve love? You know, what, what should I do about it? What would you kind of say to her? Well, I think one of the fundamental problems that arise out of the situation is Mom's got to take some of the blame for this too, right? Because she chose dad. For you sure. Know, she like he didn't accidentally fall in her and nut in her. Like there was a there was a conscious decision making process that they went through, and she decided to say, "Just go in me; it's safe" or whatever. Um, so there's got to be some ownership taken for the decisions that she made with who she chose as the child's father. The problem that I've noticed with a lot of these women that choose terrible men as fathers for their children is they often spend a, a good part of the children's formative years going on about how men ain't shit. Woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. You got to go out and, you know, make sure that you don't have to rely on anybody. You got to get a degree or three, um, make sure you have a career. Um, and I think that a lot of these single parent households, um, you know, where moms didn't have a father around and they had to raise a kid by themselves is unfortunate. Uh, but it's the reality of the world that we deal with. And I think it's 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 probably what has formed a lot of the uh, single women today that are well into their 30s, 40s, and 50s that are all boss girls and career women. And, you know, they've got their Ikea furniture and their Tesla and their degrees on the walls, usually with some student debt as well. Um, but they don't have a man in their life and they're unhappy and they're single because they prioritize themselves and didn't really do the work to be a good complement in a relationship. Um, so again, it, like... At the end of the day, once you're an adult, whether you're a man or woman, it doesn't matter to me, but once you're an adult and you realize that there's deficiencies, if you want to take ownership for them, you should work on them. You know, there's people that can walk you through that sort of stuff. I don't do that. That's not my area of expertise. I'm not a specialist in that area, but there are trained uh, practitioners that, that, that deal with trauma, childhood trauma and mm -hmm. um, dealing with the baggage, I think is incredibly important. But um, I think one thing that a lot of guys have noticed as they sort of deal with women you know, as they get older, um, there's a lot of gals out there that, that carry around a lot of baggage, you know, they never, they, and they just never get rid of that luggage. Right. Yeah. It's, 
it's very hard to look in the mirror and that's why it's very interesting that you have so many i i definitely tend to find this more common with women who end relationships they'll always mm -hmm. throw out the the toxic uh, oh, my dad was like this to my mom or, you know, right. my mom you know, or my stepdad or my mom's boyfriends or whatever it happens to be. It's like, OK, well, there's a common denominator here. Right. I mean, you know what I mean? You chose this person. If yeah. you continue to choose the same people and they keep and you end up getting the same results, I think uh, Albert Einstein's insanity definition kind of reigns Correct. true. So. Then obviously you mentioned single moms that, you know, that obviously triggers a lot of people. I think just kind of going and, 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 uh, hovering a lot of the bases with the 21 red flags, because I think a lot of them tie into each other. When you, when you look at it as a guy, you see 21 things on that list. You go, how in the world do I find somebody that doesn't have at least one of those things? It's very difficult. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I also think that as a guy, you have to be realistic and say, have I dated women that tend to have several of these things? And what do I need to do to be a guy that can find someone that doesn't have any of them? Yeah. So the answer to the second question is to have options, to be the most valuable version of yourself that you can be. Because if you want to have options on the sexual marketplace to choose from better women, you have to be a top shelf guy. Um, every... Every single guy that's gone through that chapter in my book or talked about their divorce or some horrific breakup, they'll they'll go through the list and they're like, dude, my ex-wife had 18 of the 21. My ex-girlfriend had 17 of the 21. Um, it, it's, you know, people can protest and get mad at it, but like the facts are still there. Like they still exist. It doesn't really matter how they make you feel. The fact still remains that these are uh, problematic and you ideally want to keep women like this at arm's length, right? Just mm -hmm. never get into a long-term relationship with them. Uh, have have better options, right? And how do you have better options? You become the best version of yourself. You know, you level yourself up. You, you do something with your life. The burden of performance is on men to go out there and actually do something. So complaining or whining or whinging about, you know, their options being too low or this, or this encompasses every woman is another one that I've heard. But Rich, every woman that I meet is like this. Well, it's because you're like, like attracts like, you know, basically. Mm -hmm. So if you want better women, go out there and become a better version of yourself. There's, there's some really terrific women out there. You know, there really is. It's just, you're going to have to dig through a lot of dirt to find gold because a lot of women today are broken. Right. No, I agree. But I, I think it's also just to expound on your, on your point, not to argue it. What I'm noticing as I get older and I am becoming more confident, more capable, more intelligent is when a woman sees that you're very focused on something or, or, you know, it could be more than one thing and they see you're very passionate and you're, you put it ahead of pretty much everything you do. There's going to be a very high level of respect because it's not so common. Most guys, no matter what age, they don't have a lot of direction. They aren't sure what they want to do or they do something. They, they have an everyday job they hate. Mm. And so if they don't have direction, they'll tend to prioritize her over whatever he's doing. And that sounds nice in theory, but in practice, women are very attracted to men that have a very, very strong sense of what their what their purpose is. And so even if they may have some traits that aren't ideal, I think in order to keep that guy, they'll understand that if they don't control those, whether they're urges or whether they have the desire to maybe be competitive, when they see that, when they understand that 
he isn't going to tolerate certain things, mm-hmm. they won't, they'll feel less inclined or they'll be afraid to show those traits near him as much as they would go ahead and absolutely disrespect a different guy. Does that, do you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not to say that, that you sense. shouldn't, not to say that you should go for them altogether. It's a much smarter move to go for someone that doesn't have certain traits altogether. Yeah, exactly. But I just find that to be the case. Like I, I, I can just tell that I can interact with a certain girl and she'll have a certain level of respect for me. Mm-hmm. Where if let's say I, I was out of shape or I was working at a Publix, no, no, shouldn't, you know, no uh, disrespect to people working at Publix if, as long as they have something that they're working on. But she's probably going to interact with him very differently just on the basis of respect. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah There's yeah. no question about it. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and then, and then ties me to my next point because I was just watching a video you did on YouTube. You were mentioning never arguing with a woman that you're either dating or yeah. with. So that obviously le- that could definitely lead up a lot of people to contest that and say, okay, well, how do you avoid arguments in a marriage or a relationship? So what do you? Yeah, I think what the um, I think the common misconception we all fall in this trap. I mean, I did as well too. Is that you know you think that you can use logic and reason to negotiate with a woman and the problem is is women don't let logic and reason get in the way of their emotions um if you win you lose because at the end of the day she doesn't believe you anyway you know you win with logic and reason and she feels like an idiot and you don't win anyway and if you let her win then she wins on the basis of emotion she's not going to respect you so it's a lose-lose proposition to begin with so you just don't do it um I think there's certain conversations that you're probably going to have, uh, you know, the woman, a long-term relationship, you're going to have disagreements, obviously. Um, there's certain ones that you might need to engage in, but I think for the most part, just making an early frame statement, um, you know, when you're dating, maybe the first time that it comes up, um, when she comes to you and says, Hey, where do we stand? I dig your vibe. I want to claim you. I don't want to share you. Like, you know, where's this going? It's one of the times that you can bring it up then too, as well. Uh, but just say, you know, look, I'm not going to argue with you. Um, you know, she wants to argue with you about something silly. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to play that game. There's, um, there's a really good, um, article that James Altucher put together. I think it's a blog at one point where he was talking about, uh, dealing with, uh, arguments and haters and disagreements and stuff like that. And he's like, these people are like pigs and that's not to disparage women or to compare them to pigs or to call them pigs, but they're like, that's, pigs. it's they funny by the way, it's down. rich real quick to interject. It's funny that you even have to preface I that. Know. You because do have to clarify soon, it today. They, well, the, well, today, but it's also more an emotional brain is going to hear pig and go, is that what you're calling me? Yeah. <laughs> you have yeah. to do that. It's funny that you have to do that. Yeah. But, but, you know, this is where we are. But I mean, they want you to get down in the mud and they want, want you to roll around in their little silly game um, and you just disengage. You know, you don't engage with, you know, the nonsense. Um, you, you just tell them straight up, like, I'm not going to get into that uh, nonsense. I use a red card, yellow card, you know, situation like on football pitches, like the um, referees use. Um, a red card would be a soft or a hard next, which basically means you just don't talk to them for several days. You just pull away your attention. And uh, this this works best when you're dating. I mean, you can't do this if you're living together and married, obviously. It's very difficult to uh, perform a soft or hard next if you're married. I mean, a hard next is a termination of the relationship. A soft is really just you break contact for several days and let them think about it. It usually becomes very uncomfortable for them. You know, they, you know, they text you, they call you and you don't respond. And then you basically, you know, come back after a couple of days and be like, do we have an understanding here now? Right? Like you understand, I'm not going to play this game. And they usually fall in line. 
Um, well, what happens the, when you're married? What happens if you live with them? How do you, how would it's, you it's much tougher. Fi fixing a crappy relationship with a problem woman with a whole bunch of red flags um, is just too much work. I, you know, I'll be completely honest with you. You can try it and you're going to make a lot of effort trying to fix a crappy situation that you've let uh, perpetuate into time. Um, but for most guys, what they find is like the knots untying anyway, and the relationship is going to run its course, you know, to the end, it's just going to be difficult for them. Um, so, I mean, you can try, but this, like, like these sorts of strategies that I talk about work best when you're inviting a woman into your life in the early stages, when she's again saying, Rafi, where do we stand? I dig your vibe. I want to claim you. I don't want to share you. You know, where's this going? This is when you can, you know, bring up the top of like, yeah, you know, I like you too. But one of the things that's a bit of a problem for me is I don't get into arguments with, you know, women over so silly things. Like it's not worth my time. And you kind of have a tendency of doing that. So you're going to have to knock it off. You know, if you want, want me to mm -hmm. take you seriously, right? You're basically giving her the choice. You're basically saying, look, you know, I like you too, but this behavior has got to stop if you want me to take you seriously. So stop it, you know, knock it off. I think, um, I think, sorry, go ahead. Let me just get to the yellow card thing, you know, before you get sure. to that bit. So, so the yellow card is like, it's much simpler. It's basically just a warning. Like, Hey, I'm not going to argue about that. And then you just leave, you know, you leave, you go to the next room, you, you know, you're in the living room, you go to the kitchen, you make yourself a drink, you're in the garage, you go in the kitchen, you know, like whatever it happens to be, you just make it very clear that you're not going to get down in the mud and roll around with them. You know, it's, mm -hmm. I'm not arguing about that nonsense. And then you walk away. Right. No, I agree with you. I, I think it's also that women like to start arguments if they feel that things are too too good too good yeah. there's nothing wrong and so they they want to make sure that you're still invested and so they'll start drama yeah. in order to bring you back to them which is just it's not yeah it's manufactured and it's it's not conducive it's, it's silly and it's exhausting and it's and it's tied into a few of the other red flags it's just a not a preferential treatment it's not a uh a, a strong character trait of a good woman that is going to manufacture drama out of thin air. Women like this. They like the, you know, the drama, like the gossip uh, stories, the gossip categories. They'll sit around with the girls drinking wine, talking shit about other girls or other girls relationships or other men. Um, they'll spend a lot of time watching drama unfold on TV, like the bachelor, the bachelorette, you know, shows all like of this. these shows, all of right? these shows that are, I would, so I would know that's a, that's a pretty strong indicator to me that that's a woman that you don't want to spend too much time with or even take seriously. For sure. Now the, the truth of the matter is it comes, the more, you know, it tends to come with age and experience. The more men she's been with, the older she gets, the more this tends to be a challenge. And uh, I'm not the most religious person, but I tend to find traditional values tends to help with a lot of these issues. Yeah. Just been my experience. And uh, so, so that's really what I, what I would suggest and, to people. And traditional values come from traditional households. You know, usually sure. where there's a patriarchal type of household where the man has a strong defined role. He does the blue jobs. The woman does the pink jobs. They complement each other. They work together, you know, towards family tasks and manners. They, enforce boundaries collectively it's not you know the kid goes from one parent to the other parent when they don't like a boundary that's enforced and the other parent opens up the boundary sort of thing um so yeah there's a lot to unpack when it comes to uh tradition i completely agree so just to go back a little bit to uh to what you were saying what do you think is an example or two of an argument that's necessary that especially if you know that mm -hmm. your girl your wife or your girlfriend for the most part you may have disagreements but you tend, those disagreements tend to 
make the relationship stronger because I do believe mm-hmm. that that's the case similarly with a guy friendship. How do you, what's an example, at least one example of, a, of an argument that's necessary or disagreement? Well, let's talk about an, ar- an argument that's unnecessary first before we do the, the right. necessary one. So um, Jordan Peterson's a name that most people recognize. I took a listen at his uh, three-part course on marriage where he encourages guys to uh, march into the slaughterhouse and man up and get married. Uh, he says that uh, it's not enough just to love a woman or date her or to be with her. You have to take vows in front of uh, the church and make a commitment to her. And then he also talks about negotiating or arguing, you know, depending on how you want to interpret the word, everything all the way down to where the scissors go in the utility drawer. I don't give a flying fuck where the scissors go in whatever drawer. Just let me know where they're at when I need them. That's fine. Right. right. Um, but I think there's way too much out there that emphasizes talking about every little thing that happens in the relationship down to where the scissors go. What's an important, you know, discussion to have? Uh, Are we going to homeschool the kids or are we going to put them in the school system? Um, That's, you know, that's an important conversation to talk about. That should be discussed, I think, before even getting into, even you forget about marriage. When you early on into relatively early on into dating, I would have that conversation because I'm, yeah. I'm the kind of person, by the way, I'm on the same page. To... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I got, I actually, Patrick, but David, I'm sure you've heard of him. Yeah. He, uh, he sat down with his now wife, I think of 11 years and he went through a whole list. Most men would be scared to do that. They'd be scared to lose a girl over that. Mm-hmm. And I have immense respect for him because he said, Hey, if I'm going to do this thing, you know, cause he, he was a playboy when he was younger. Mm-hmm. And he's like, if I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to take this risk of marrying this person, I better make sure that all of our values are aligned. Otherwise, I'm not doing mm-hmm. it. And there's certain I things think, that you don't want to negotiate either. Like, you know, well, where are we going to go on vacation? Well, if I'm paying for the vacation, we're going where I want to go. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, you know, the purchase of the next car. I don't really care, you know, if you like that brand or the badge that's on it. I'm the car guy. I know what car is good for the family. We're getting this car. Right. And I don't want to hear any pushback about it. Right. Because every every time a woman, you know, pushes back with this sort of nonsense is draining to a man. It's you know, it it it's a little bit of a effort to, to like take him down a, a notch so that um, so so there's a competition or there's a prolonged discussion or some drama over something that doesn't really require. Like, I'm not going to tell you how to cook the turkey on Thanksgiving if you've got culinary skills. Right. Mm hmm. Right. I, th- I think when it comes to the car, if she's pretty reasonable, like if she's pretty easygoing and I know she likes a Mini Cooper, then, uh, you know, and I feel like I want to get her the, the Mini Cooper, I'll, you know, I'll get her the Mini Cooper because I know she likes it, you know, but, I, you know, that would be my take. Mm-hmm. Why do you think, and I know, I, I know the answer to this, but for the, for the viewers, sure. why is there this constant paradox where Women want you to be confident, strong. They want you to be a leader. Why do they always seem to be testing that? I have my own answer. I'm sure it's very much aligned with yours. But for guys that can't seem to figure this out, why is it that if they want you to be all these things, then why are they always seeming to try to knock you off of that? Why are they always seeming to try to bring you away from it? Well, it's inherent in their DNA to see competent, virtuous, strong, resourceful men, right? Otherwise, if they didn't a thousand years ago, it would spell certain death for her and the children because she'd pair bond with the loser and he wouldn't be able to provide and protect and all that good stuff. Uh, Today, though, the inherent uh, hardwiring that their DNA tells them to seek for in good men conflicts with the modern narrative, 
You don't need a man. A woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. Women are oppressed. The patriarchy, 77 cents on a dollar for every dollar a man makes, blah, blah, blah. So they're so they're constantly pushing back on men, I think. And, you know, this is one of the reasons why you want to look for a woman that's got a good relationship with her father, that followed the boundaries that he set and enforced and was happy to do so, uh, so that you don't have to endure um, misery and uh, disparaging conversations with her in your long-term relationship. Again, going back to the original point that I kicked off at the start, these sorts of concepts that I talk about are for guys like me, right? Like guys that 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 are leaders, that aren't plugged in beta males that sort of like go downstream like dead fish, right? Um, so making these choices and having these, having this level of awareness is, um, not just informative, but it's, but it's also useful in enjoying your life as a guy. For sure. But by the way, I think most women, if they're honest with themselves, they want this. I think for some yeah. of them, they're a little afraid of it because it, to them, it sounds controlling, especially if they're, if they are not used to being around normal, I think it's just normal, normal, traditional men. Yeah. So I think inherently, if they can let go of a little bit of that kind of toxic feminism. It's funny, there was, a, um, there was a Reddit post that I shared the other day on uh, Twitter, I think. Let me see if I can find it real quick on my phone as we talk here. But she was basically breaking down in a post, I've got this successful guy, he's wealthy, he's athletic, he's got musical talent, makes lots of money, he gets up at four o'clock in the morning, goes to bed at nine, he's always working, making loads of money, blah, blah, blah but I feel intimidated by him. I feel like, um, oh, here it is. Let me read it to you. Because uh, I think this is the epitome of the of the typical woman that will fight a successful guy that wants to set the boundaries. So she says, my boyfriend is intimidating, Ivy League, fitness freak, plays uh, multiple instruments, has a career that's just insane. He's also sweet, funny, and caring. Um, however, living together is tough. It's almost like living with a machine. He's up at five, hits the gym, goes to the office, comes back at seven, reads the news, writes his correspondence that heads to bed. His phone is always ringing, business, friends, academics, invites to charity events, you name it. It's just very intimidating. I know a lot of women think that this is the ideal man. It's weird. I think so many men I've met have, have been pushed away from masculine, uh, sorry, masculine norms. And when you actually meet somebody who is in every sense, a traditional man is frightening. It's like, oops, it's like living with a force of nature. Someone who is on a mission to the very top. I'm not like that. I like to bake cookies with my girlfriends and have brunch with the girls. I want to lay in bed on the weekends. Most of, most of my friends are girls who love to work, but also have other priorities. To be honest, although a lot of us say we want to be a girl boss, you've heard that term a thousand times now, right? Most mm -hmm. of us really just want to live a quiet, happy life and have a family. Anyways, I feel like I shouldn't stop him. I should not get in the way, but he makes me feel very insecure. I think that this is the cultural uh, poisoning that girls today are drunk on, you know, the toxic version of uh, feminism where it's like she literally finds the perfect man. The woman that you see on all these podcasts all the time saying, I want a high value man, she's literally described and she feels uncomfortable and odd being around it. Isn't that interesting? I think Patrice O'Neill, you know, you've heard of yeah, Patrice O'Neill. Of course. I think he kind of just listen, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna put it. And I I really have a great connection to to so many women that I've met over the years. I was raised by one, I was raised by my grandmother. And you know, I'm critical, but I'm also just as critical of myself and men. So I'm not I'm not one-sided about it. I just feel that because women have emotional brains, they know how to find 
the negative in things mm-hmm. quite quickly, even if there are so many good things, they just know how to do that. Yeah, we were saying that earlier, right? Like women like to manufacture drama, right? If there's no drama, if there's no discomfort in the relationship, she she literally took the time to sit down or write a post on the internet on Reddit saying, this is my complaint about my perfect man. He's too perfect. He's too perfect. He's too perfect. Something something is... Why do I feel insecure about it? You're not supposed to feel insecure. You're actually feeling comfort. The insecurity that you think you're feeling is because you're drunk on the Kool-Aid of toxic feminism. That's, you know, told you to compete against men, you know, to never be the, be a a compliment to a man's life. Like this is literally the perfect man that every woman describes that they want. It's crazy. (laughs) There was also, um, what was, I'm not so into basketball anymore. Like I used to be who I'm sure you remember this, who in the world, Steph Curry, his wife, you you probably remember that, right? I've familiar. I'm trying to recall the story i'm not a basketball fan i don't follow popular culture with stuff like that so you're gonna have to okay so the, one of the one of the most notable she got bored of him or something like that i don't know if it was bored maybe some maybe something along those lines but she was complaining on these talk shows mm. about how uh, yeah maybe he works too hard i don't remember what it was and everybody was just hammering her even a lot of women were like are you out of your mind you know how many world a world-class athlete yeah. See, World that's class. the thing, you know, when they say that you can't make a woman happy, that's exactly what we're talking about. Because even the perfect man will not make a woman happy. She'll find something yeah. in it to complain about and let her. It's fine. You know, let her blow off yeah. the steam. Let her make the Reddit post. Let her have brunch with her girlfriends and say, my, you know, my boyfriend is a machine. You know, he makes me feel insecure. Let her. It's fine. No, but I, I think also if she does have the right friends and the right friends have guys that don't even come close to them in so many avenues i think when she sits down by herself she goes you know what i'm kind of girl you're crazy nothing (laughs) you know their husband is 50 pounds overweight meanwhile her husband is incredibly in shape that alone forget about all the other things but it also seems that like you know women want to um take what other women have you know if if they're not good women of good moral character and they're sitting down and having brunch it's entirely plausible that the uh, I call it the committee, you know, because they're because they're friends. Because right. women don't usually make decisions on themselves, you know, by right. themselves. They'll go out with their girlfriends and they'll or they'll have a WhatsApp chat or something like that, and they'll form a committee on a certain topic or idea. Um, well, that's often how relationships are sabotaged. Yeah, because yeah. Their by, friends convince them something's exactly. wrong when it, yeah, 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 when there's really nothing wrong there. Right. It's it's wild. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, but what were you saying about the committee? It sounded like you were gonna. Go yeah, well, that them. well, that's what the committee does. You know, to your point exactly, right? That they they can discourage her from pursuing a long term relationship with a guy because the committee doesn't approve of it, or they or they'll find some flaw in it somewhere. Or they'll say that, uh, or they'll make her think, you know, something like, "Oh, he's probably cheating on you if he's coming home at seven o'clock at night, girl," because you know, guys in that work or line of work don't do that sort of stuff. And it's like, um, they they can be problematic too. So I think it's really important as well, you know, when you're vetting a woman to take a look at the uh, people that she spends time with, like her uh, her committee, if you will, or the five women that she spends the most time with, because she's going to be the average of them. Right. I completely agree. I think that's true for men as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's true for yeah. anybody. Uh, what do you, do you think that a couple can be genuinely happy? I do not, but I just want to hear your thought. Well, I wouldn't say... I wouldn't say I don't think they can, can you be define what happy. happiness is. I think happiness is being able to look at the good, the good parts of your life, understand that there are negatives and always will be, but you mm-hmm. always have, you're always grateful that for the most part, things are pretty good. 
And I also think happiness as a man comes from constantly pursuing, uh, constantly pursuing greatness, continuing mm -hmm. to improve. I think that's what that's what will, will always make you happy. But I, I, I wonder if you think that a man can be relatively happy or satisfied if his wife or girlfriend is the one leading the relationship. Do you think that's ever possible? I think guys will lie to themselves and tell themselves that they're happy if she's leading. Uh, but somewhere within them, either a part of them is dying or has died off. Um, it's not a good look. You know, you see these relationships where um, women lead and these men follow. Um, and there are these weak soy beta males. And she's, you know, these uh, powerful career driven, uh, multiple degreed um, leaders of the household, or they'll even call themselves partners. You know, that's a term that I hear that, that, that pops up a lot when I have uh, conversations with women on my podcast and they'll come on, they'll say something like my partner. And I'll say to them, well, hold on a second. What do you, what do you mean by partner? Are you guys partners in a law firm? Like how exactly are you partners and equal in every sense? Like help me understand this. Um, yeah. So I think that women led relationships, uh, they exist. I, Probably the vast majority of them out there are mostly women-led. You know, that's why you hear this uh, atrocious soundbite, happy wife, happy life. You know, it's like he'll do anything to make her happy sort of thing, uh, which really just, you know, over time, she slowly and surely loses respect and uh, desire for him. It's really crazy how how common, it's insane how common this is. I just bumped, to, bumped into an old neighbor from a couple of years ago, a really good guy, and he kept talking about for two or three minutes straight how lucky he is which which is really sweet and cute mm -hmm. but his wife is just looking at him and she, <laughs> she was just like he's a good dude you know but she was just she was like yeah you better believe it you know you, you did these score. guys are all over social media on their birthdays and anniversaries you'll see like a social media post like on an anniversary you know for example i love these because i think these are hilarious you know see so it's a so it's an anniversary and it's a post of his wife and they're together with the children around them or something like that or on a sunset. And it's a beautiful poetic post about how she's, uh, his everything and she completes him and, uh, she's his best friend and, you know, blah, 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 sort of thing. And he, and she's tagged in the post, right? So you click the tag on Facebook, right? Mm -hmm. And, and, and his social media is a picture of him with the family and the cover photo is him with exactly the family where you're going with this. Rich, and you click exactly through and you go over to hers and she's sitting on the beach with her girlfriends drinking wine saying none, nothing about them on the anniversary. There's almost no picture of him on her page whatsoever. Yeah, or if she says something, it, it's 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 very watered down. It's like 10% of what he puts out there. So that's always never a good sign. Like that's like that's your typical plugged-in beta male today that, uh, you know, worships the ground that she walks on and thinks that um, that's what she wants. And women don't want that. Women want to be with the giant. Women are hypergamous. They want to be able to look up to you. And if you're constantly putting them up on a, a pedestal and praising them. Um, you know, if you treat her like a celebrity, she's going to treat you like a fan, right? Well, I, I agree. What do you say to women who listen are listening to this and they say, you think into this too much, this isn't reality, you know, things just work themselves out. You know what I mean? Because this is mm -hmm. this is a very detailed look on on female uh, on male and female psychology so what would you what would you say to the women that are like oh, these guys are just so full of who it hurt they're so huh? <laughs> who hurt you right that's the common thing usually yeah I mean... <laughs> uh, no it's it's uh standard you know it's par for the course uh it's usually some uh uh 
you know, disparaging statement about who hurt you, or you've got a small man uh, personality, or uh, you're bald, or you know, something like that. Um, is very simple. Um, you take a look at them in their lives, right? And then you ask yourself, would I want to trade my life for theirs? Would I want to trade my relationship for their relationship? Would I want to trade my gal for her? And for me, the answer is always no, 100% of the time. So you have to understand that hate always comes from beneath, right? Mm -hmm. uh, people don't ever get jealous of losers. They're only spewing hate because they don't have anything. They don't have a argument to counter it. Right. So mm -hmm. all they do is they have to ad hom attack you or they insult you or they'll say you have a small PP or somebody hurt you or something like that. But the truth of the matter is, is you're 100 percent right. Uh, bombers only ever get flack when they're over the target. And that's the reality of that circumstance. Right. So Very you just true. have to so you just have to laugh at it. It's like, fine, whatever, you know, it's funny, though, because I mean, I'm not my channel isn't big yet. And I do a lot of different kinds of content. This is definitely one of the main topics. A lot of the a lot of the girls in my circles, whether I you know you, you know I'm, I'm I'm a heeb, so a lot of the women in my circles tend to be more conservative anyway. I'm not going to mm -hmm. say there aren't definitely much you know more feminist leaning women, but the ones that I interact with typically tend to agree with me on a lot of these things anyhow, yeah. and I think they know that I'm not going to change my way of thinking regardless. So they can disagree with me all they want, and I really couldn't care less. But I also I come at it from a very I come at it from a very nurturing point of view. I want to be the leader. I want to be the provider. I want to be the one that that makes sure they're safe physically, emotionally, spiritually. This is something I want. So for them to disagree with all that, to me, it's just I look at them kind of with a side eye and I go, <laughs> if if that's what you want, if you want what I do not want, I don't need anything to I, I have no reason to interact with you altogether. Yeah. And I, yeah, I never, it really never comes to that, to be honest. So, yeah, you'll see these these uh, you know trad cons, these uh, you know traditional you know conservative type of women that will that will kind of give you the side eye when you have these conversations. Um, but when the bill comes, you're paying for it, right? If there's a bang in the night and an intruder breaks in the house, you're taking care of it, not them. Um, so it's just like one of these. Uh, problems with this toxic version of feminism today is is it's it's like an a la carte for them right like true equality does not exist and they're and they're constantly pushing for what they call equality but they've but they've had equality forever they have mm -hmm. more than equality if anything they have supremacy if you take a look at how yeah. uh yeah, yeah. you know the family courts treat fathers when you get divorced the advantage is completely in the mother's favor always in all Without Western countries, um, you know, so to say like, you know, the things like, ah, you know, I don't really believe it or the side eye sort of thing like that, but you're out on a date and you know, you're paying the bill and you're driving the car and you're dropping her off and you're taking care of her and all this sort of stuff. It's like, you know, like, what's it going to be, you know, things are too comfortable, man. Once we established air conditioning and we have all of these roads, highways, it's all air conditioning's fault. <laughs> and who created air conditioning it's men so that means it's men's fault <laughs> that's just what it is when a society gets too comfortable women decide to step in then and, and kind of you know they take all the easy for the most part non-heavy labor jobs that were were put in place with because of men and yeah. so sure it's very easy if you know the if you've heard of the comedian andrew schultz he jokes about this but there's mm -hmm. there's a lot of reality behind it yeah you know, if, if all of these, if all this infrastructure wasn't put in place and built by men, you wouldn't be able to go and do the things you want to do. You turn, you know, turn America back into the Stone Age and see how how long these 
ridiculous ideas last. They won't last Correct. that long. So, you know, I, I kind of just laugh at it, but I think history, obviously history repeats itself. Uh, you know, any country that has seen the highest points in society eventually sees lower points. And all of these attempted implementations to change what works always ends up showing up. I Meaning people end up realizing that it, what, it wasn't a very good idea to begin with. Right. Um, yes. So just wanted to quickly look at the, the list of topics that I mentioned because we, we have a little bit more time. We covered a lot of it. Oh, here's a good one. I think I might've mentioned it on the previous podcast, but this is something contested a lot. And I'm really, I think you and I are also in alignment on this, but when it comes to a guy either settling down earlier or trying to build himself up, maybe as a single guy or just going through the motions, failing in business, having several relationships, there's, there's guys who will say finding your girl young and growing with her is the better move and kind mm -hmm. of maybe dating the first person you meet versus so say if you compare it to a religious person, whether they're Jewish, Muslim, Christian, they get married at 18 or 19 to the, their first love. They lose their virginity to each other. Sometimes they get divorced because they didn't experience enough mm -hmm. or they were pushed to do so by their parents and didn't really understand relationships whatsoever. Obviously they don't know about anything you teach. Some of them work. Some of those relationships end up working. We don't know if they're happy or not, but they stay together. Then there are the relationships where they, the per, the guy gets married at 30 or 32, 35, 40, or the girl gets married later. So what do you, what do you think is the most ideal way to go about it? Or do you think it's just circumstantial? You know, it's, you know, I've thought about this and I think the conversation's different. If you have a son, marriage is a bad idea. If you have a daughter, marriage is a great idea, <clears throat> especially if they marry a successful guy. Um, whether that happens at 35 or 25 or 20 is not really relevant. It's just the, 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 the notion of the way that family law works and the way that marriage works today is it's like the original purpose of marriage as, as it has, as it was used throughout history. There's a very interesting book on this. It's called, um, uh, Marriage of History, the author's name is Stephanie Kuntz, and she went through uh, personal diaries, court records, uh, lots of information to try to establish, like, like what is the point of marriage? Like, why do people get married? And the entire point was the acquisition of in-laws, right? Because, uh, you know, several thousand of years ago, we didn't have fire services, policing, education, medical services. So you would typically have a large family. Uh, you'd have siblings that had certain skills and aunts and uncles that had certain skills and grandparents that had certain skills and the same thing on her side. So you would tend to blend those two things. Um, and there was low born and there was high born, you know, there was always, uh, like status and categories and you would try to blend like high born with high burns, you know, sort of thing. So the whole point was the acquisition of in-laws. So I think, you know, today's notion of like, what's the best way to do it? Do we do it when we're young? Do we do it when we're old? You know, uh, what do religious convictions uh, play as far as a part in all of this. Um, I, you know, I just keep going back to this notion of if you have a son, marriage is not a good idea. And it, it, it requires many precautionary steps to make sure that um, you don't get destroyed. Whereas if you have a daughter, the only thing that you have to tell them, I tell my daughter this all the time, I said, just don't marry a loser. Make sure you find a successful guy that is competent, has his stuff together, and is capable of taking care of you and children. 
Okay. Well, what if to, to counter that, I, I agree. What would you say if you meet the guy and you're, you know, you're, you're the father. Yeah. You meet, she introduces you to a guy. You think you've raised her well. She has pretty good judgment, pretty good. Uh, she's a pretty good judge of character. She, you know, say she's 20, the guy's 22. You know, maybe he just got his bachelor's degree or mm. he doesn't have a bachelor's, but he seems to be going in a good direction. What would you say to her then? He's he's a little older than her. He doesn't have a shit together yet, but he seems to be in seems to be disciplined and in a good direction. Well, you got to assess him, his character okay. traits, his family character traits. You know, the best prediction of somebody's future is, of, of course, going to be their past choices and behaviors. Um, I think if I think the best uh, age range or differential, if I'm not mistaken, is somewhere between seven to ten years. Um, it seems to work the best for uh, cohesion for long-term relationships, meaning he's he's older than she is, of right. course, not the other way around. Um, so I think, <clears throat> you know, a 22-year-old, a, a you know, that's a two-year difference, um, could potentially work. Um, again, you'd have to assess his character and the uh, traits of his family, but you're going to have a better chance as a father anyway, assessing a man's character traits if he's 30, 35 versus 22, right? Because right? he's been around, he's done more with his life. You can see what he's been up to, you know, what he's been doing, right? Because a man's value to a woman is his future. Can he preside? Can he protect? Can he make it rain? Is he competent? Does he have a good social network? Um, you know, like, is he a, a man of virtue and character? Whereas a woman's value to a guy is her past. You know, did she uh, preserve her purity, you know? Um, or does she just run around and share her body with a whole bunch of guys, right? Because that's mm -hmm. disgusting. Most guys are disinterested in that on a long-term basis. So it's different conversations, you know, when it comes to uh, marriage and long-term relationships, I really think. And it's um, it's going to vary, you know, like year upon year too, you know, depending on if it's in their 20s or their 30s or whatever it happens to be. I, I very much agree. I, I um, because I'll, I'll hear, right, I'm, I'm, I just turned 30, you know, I'm, I've never been married. I've had girlfriends and whatnot and I've I've lived my life but I I am someone who doesn't need someone to motivate me I think there are some men and I think this is a big issue for these men they need a woman in order to get their ass off the couch the woman is what's yeah. getting them to go and get things done and if they break up with that girl they're back to couch potato doing nothing unmotivated and so, yeah, those guys were nothing to begin with. You know, they're basically with nags. And, and if you have to be nagged to make something out of yourself, you're not a man, in my opinion. You're a male, but you're not a man. Right. This It's 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 much more common than not. Much more well, common than not. Well, a lot of, you know, males today are adult boys. You know, is right. all they are. They'll, they'll, you know, they think that it's enough to go get a job and, uh, you know, work nine to five and they make their $47,000 a year and they... They have their uh, Nissan Leaf. They plug in every night and that's they drive the to work. That's the issue. They live very common, basic lives, you know, and their evenings are uh, filled with video games and, uh, you know, weed and porn and all that kind of like, you know, they uh, satiate themselves, you know, with these uh, things to keep them distracted. And of course, you know, they follow everything the mainstream media says, you know, you want to jump how high, you know, you want me to do this? Sure, absolutely. How many times do you want me to take that? You know, there's all of these... Um, softer weaker males out today that, that aren't men um and that's what good times create you know good times do create softer men and that's a consequence of the times that we live in today i think that we're 
going to see some harder times in the coming years and things are going to become more difficult and that'll separate the wheat from the chaff and that'll uh you know there's that whole fourth turning right and we're sort of like moving into the fourth turning right now where we're where we're coming into the better times but there's going to be a little bit more difficulty still and i think that these guys will be tested for sure but i think that i'm really glad i got this 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 clarity and i, I think i already understood this but yeah i because people will say and, and i'll be honest i'll, I'll they're, they're especially in my circles, Orthodox Jews, some of the rabbis, they'll say, oh, you know, don't worry about money. As soon as you find the girl, you know, God will bless you with all this wealth and whatever. And yeah, that's... And I'm, and I'm, I look at it and I'm like, it's crazy how many people blindly just believe this guy. Yeah, I don't care how long just, your beard is. I don't care how long your beard Judaism, is. It's not just Judaism. It's not just Christianity. Like they're all the same. Most religions today are beta factories and they're not, they're not leading... Uh, males into adulthood into men like you guys in your religion you have the rite of passage um what is it when they're 13 right what's it called the um bar mitzvah no bar mitzvah. but there's also a lot of yeah. see the thing is original judaism was not kind of this feminist thing it, that people have reformed it because it's too exactly. offensive but there's a it's lot not of the original scriptures the that are not that, I had this conversation not... with a couple of Christian guys a few days ago. I don't know if you saw the podcast that I did where they wanted to talk about the Christian pill. And it's like, you know, they're of the illusion that if she just loves God enough and has a strong enough relationship with Jesus, everything will be just fine. And that's not how the world works, man. Like, you know, you can't go and put 200,000 miles on a Ferrari, pull out all the dents, clean up the scratches, change the carpeting, roll back the odometer back to zero, put it in the showroom and call it new. It's not new. Right. It's got problems. You can you can call it new, but it's got problems. And that's, I think, one of the uh, great failures of a lot of modern religions today, especially in the West, is like you meant it, uh, mentioned, is uh, toxic feminism has uh, polluted the original messaging from the original rule book, which led men to be masculine leaders and led women to be like feminine uh, compliments to their lives, right? Where men yeah. would have blue jobs and women would have pink jobs, you know, sort of thing. So I think if you're going to sell any religion, you, you know, you really need to fix the club first because there's, there's infighting, there's disagreement, uh, you know, there's censorship of certain uh, terms in uh, scripture, whether it's the Torah or the Bible or whatever it happens to be to soften it down, to be more inclusive, to not offend, you know, feminists or anything like that. Um, so, you know, it's a real problem today. It, you know, it really is. It absolutely is. I, I had a point that I just, I just lost it because it was in regards to this. I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring it back because I really wanted to make the point. Either way, I, I didn't come to it. I'm sure it'll probably, it'll either come up at the it'll end of the after. episode or, <laughs> oh my God, it was a good one. It was a good one too. It had, wait, it has to do with, okay, well, uh, damn. Okay. Well, either way, was there anything else that you wanted to mention? Hopefully while you're talking, I'll, I'll come up with this. With uh, this no, I can't think of anything, man. You just fire away any other questions you got. Oh, 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 wait. I think I got it. Yes, I got it. Um, my counter to rabbis making these statements is no. I think if you're already motivated, this is my caveat. If you're an already motivated man where you on your own accord have goals, aspirations, you get up, you go to the gym, you work hard, you have your own business you're trying to run. You mm. really have things that are important to you with or without a woman, the right woman, a woman who's a compliment to you, will help build it she'll be people will see that you're settled mm. they'll see you know she's attractive you've you found an attractive woman inside and outside 
then I think it'll be a compliment. It'll show your softer side, right? Because if you're a masculine guy, you'll yeah. she'll, they'll see a beautiful, gentle woman by your side. It'll that'll be a compliment to you. She'll help support you in your, you know, say you're going through something. You don't necessarily have to be overly vulnerable, but she's your support system. She can help take care of certain things. You're out working, she can mm -hmm. make food. You're That's out. That's what I talk doing, about. Yeah, it's an it's a whole it's, unplugging process. It's it's absolutely a reality. Um, hope is a terrible plan. And I think that's what a lot of religions sell today is just hope. You know, if you just, you know, if you just be a nice guy and, you know, you're a good person, you show up to a, a church and you tithe or, you know, whatever it happens to be, uh, your God will send you a woman. You know, you are entitled to it and you're not entitled to shit. And hope is a bad plan. Well, in Judaism, there is a there is an idea of you have to do your part. We don't believe that you can sit around and do nothing there. That's why I'm, you know, I'm not the most religious person, but if you look at Judaism in its, in at its core, without all the butter, buttering and, and sugar coating, there are very, very, very good components that are very true. And I, I truthfully think that I can't speak for Christianity and Islam. People will look at Islam and say that as well, even though both of those religions really get a lot of the principles from Judaism. But Judaism at its core, it's pretty red pilled, man. You know, mm -hmm. it definitely, it definitely speaks about a lot of things in support of women but it definitely has gender roles it definitely talks about modesty talks about all these things so yeah that's why i think listening to all of this content in the last couple of years i think i already had a good idea of it because of how i was raised and then I, obviously i learned it through experience but uh you know that's my two cents i definitely don't think you have to be a religious person to have these understandings but at least certain religious values, I think, could be helpful. Yeah, it's independent of any religion, you know, for being honest. Right. For sure. Um, okay. So that definitely covers the episode. We're just under an hour. So ladies and gents, I hope you liked the episode. Yeah, Rich, thank you for thank you for coming on. And thanks for having me, brother. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So guys, I will attach any links to any of his YouTube channels, his book. Both of his books. You you have the Unplugged Alpha version one and two. Is there something else? Yeah, the second edition is all you need. Um, you can find everything on my website if you just go to richcooper.ca. You'll find my YouTube, my okay. uh, books, my courses, everything. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, so there was it was quite a lot. If you guys have anything to share, any disagreements, feel free to leave your comments. And this has been another episode of the Soothing Semantics podcast. I look forward to seeing you to having you guys. Uh, view tune into the next episode perfect